0: To
1: quarantine. My quarantine.
0: Welcome to Stuck at Home
1: with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith.
0: Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman.
1: Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman,
0: and uh, this and me. This guy who just can't seem to get enough Mandalorian. Um, Jason Smith. We are the pod that talks about the shows we love and want you to love.
1: Yeah, and plus we download you on the Streaming Wars, what to stream and
0: where to stream it. And Please. Cliff Dorfman, I'm watching a lot of Mandalorian. <laughs> what are you watching right now? Yeah, you can Bang, do really bang, bang. You do love that show. Um, I'm
1: actually excited to hear the first two episodes of you and uh, Dave Schilling must watch Mandalorian Edition. Not because I like the show. I actually um, uh, hate the show. Um, yeah. It hates a strong word. Um, it doesn't evoke emotion like that for me. It's it's not... I I, I I just... It doesn't pump my nads.
0: No, you know, you know, and I understand that. And there's not... You know, there's there's something to be said for, for getting some nad pumping going. Like, <laughs> I, if I'm going to be milked, I want those nads soaked dry by the end of a good show um, I will say this about Mandalorian um, I have my issues with it I, I I think that there's something wrong with how ready? well in general with okay with, with it and Star Wars shows in general for some reason they like to stunt the writing really funny like the way they do dialogue is weird what do you mean right ever since uh, George Lucas did Star Wars like they deliver language in a weird way where everything's got to have kind of like a proper English to it, but it also doesn't make sense as conversational English. Mm. And I think it's something that plagues, especially the later star Wars uh, movies where it's like, you think that they're acting poorly, but they're just acting like star Wars characters. And I think a similar situation happens in the (laughs) show where there's like an overly expositiony way people talk. That's not really accurate for the world, but very accurate for how star Wars talks.
1: Um, Okay. Okay. Well, can I jump in on this? Yeah, yeah. Um, you see, one of my problems with the new, new Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, is is that you know it's like apparently in a galaxy far, far away, a long, mm-hmm. long, 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 long time ago, uh, the the British owned it too. Right. You know, British were the British yeah, were the empire. Like yeah, everybody so British was a bad stupid guy. Stupid to me, and it pulls me out of the movie. It should be like old school movie stars who had no accent. <laughs>
0: colonizers man they're all colonizers
1: um come on man i mean in british where did they get the british accent it's a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away
0: when the british well and that's and that's like what i'm saying there's there's some definitely some accent issues and the way they talk there's a stiltedness to the conversation you know mm. um mandalorian's directed by john favreau most of the episodes have been Directed and written by him, and the the first episode on each season was directed by John Favreau. He wrote him also. Yeah, this he is wrote. Very most- good. I'm surprised this is so horrible. Well, that's the, that's the thing about it, and I I wonder if it just has to go through the Disney machine a m- bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and if there's anything you remember from John Favreau is aside from being like a now like the go to uh, director for every new IP Disney has. <laughs> previous to all that, Homeboy made uh, Swingers, and uh, and made. And this is where, where language is very important to him to have like kind of the lingo of the, 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 of the time period, late 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s, right? Yeah. And, and so for him to create kind of this stilted dialogue system makes me think that this is part of the Bible of Disney, right? That you have mm-hmm. to have to like speak this way in order for it to be kind of a considered a Star Wars uh, canon type story. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't make sense to me.
1: I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, that would be like, I would hate to be. I mean, I like to have the money, but I, I'd hate to be brought on and like, okay, so here's how you're gonna have to write this. Here's the Bible, and it's got to be completely stilted and unnatural.
0: Yeah, it feels like it in it's, a way, and, that, and you have the, even this episode has some of that stuff in it. Um, I'll say this for the, the next season you don't jump into this with oops, let's see. Hey, mom, see,
1: hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Good to see your. Not your picture face.
0: Gooby, see your smiling <laughs> picture face and all your your your, I'm glad your you're well. And ghosts me too. I'm glad you're well. Yes, indeed. Amen. Um, but you know, like so this particular episode of the show could is have the gone first it, one, right? It's the first episode of season two. Kinda kinda could have kinda gone anywhere. could have gone in the middle of season one. It's not a, a it's a standalone story without any real tie to any of the the um you know, any of the big spoilers from season one. There's nothing to do with baby Yoda really. It doesn't have anything to do with the end of the se- like the season. It's it's like he comes into town, an old West Town, and saves the day from a from a crate dragon, which is kind of cool. So they have this big kind of tremors or dune-esque dragon living underneath the town that's that's just destroying everything. But there's a lot of cool nostalgia pieces in it where they're connecting back to Star um, Star Wars lore. So there's Jawas and there's Sand People, and you get to know the Sand People a little bit better. Um, uh, But the biggest, best part is, uh, you know, we have, um, you know, you have Boba Fett uh, armor Mm -hmm. back into this thing. And so I don't want to roll in exactly how that the whole thing ends, but basically they got to tune into Must Watch Mandalorian, yeah, yeah, but on Starburns Audio. Uh, but you get to you 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 get um, get some really fun kind of cameos in this one from some of those puppets and 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 pieces that you used to see back in the day. Oh, really? Wow. Uh,
1: like original ones from the actual original? Ones? Well, I think I I, 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 would
0: like to, I think that I mean I, mean, I think that the, there are some of those old puppets. Um, the the episode's called the Marshal, um, which is pretty funny because you know when you you actually get to it, you 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 um you'll actually get to find out who the Marshal is, and uh, you know. He's a he's a he's a person that you've seen before play a marshal a few times. The quintessential marshal. The quintessential marshal. And uh, and so it's kind of fun to have him him back kind of replaying re, a role that's actually not a part of this series but uh Is it you know, recurring? I, what? I don't I don't think so. I I wish. That would you know be so amazing. Why?
1: You know why I ask? Because if it was recurring, if that guy who's playing the marshal was recurring for the whole season, you might you might get me. Right. Know, just cuz he's in it.
0: Yeah, he's he's really good, and he plays a really cool yes. character. And again, I do, I don't want to spoil the person just because it's fun. But I i i, I call him uh, Boba, Boba, <laughs> Boba Boba Givens. We'll call him okay. Boba Givens. And I want to ask get you a couple of questions. Can I ask you uh, a couple of questions? Yeah, so I'm would. the guy
1: who hates it, and you're the guy who loves it. Yep. So, okay, a few questions. My first question is is not necessarily okay. My first question is about Mandalorian. Okay. Do you think? See, I didn't know. I'm sure at some point you told me that John Favreau directed it and wrote it, but do you believe, a.k.a. think, that anyone could have directed this and it would have been a hit? Like, it didn't feel like... When I watched the first few episodes, I didn't feel Jon Favreau's presence as a director, as a helmer.
0: No, I, I agree. I, I think that's absolutely true. I actually think the best directed episode so far has been Taika's, which was the last episode of the first season. The, and and by far, it was, it was superior in every single way to every other episode that's uh, been out. Um, I... Mm-hmm. Don't think that it's very uh, quintessentially John Favreau, but he has, you know, if you look at what he's done for Disney, he launched Iron Man. So he basically launched the MCU, mm-hmm. right? He launched the Jungle Book. He launched Lion Zathura. King. Zathura. Yeah. Zathura. yeah I mean, well, if you want to go way back, yeah. He basically <laughs> created movie, Space. Space. space Jumanji was great. That was one of the better <laughs> things he's ever made, right? Space Jumanji. That's awesome. Yeah. He made Space Jumanji. It was <laughs> yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, he, you know, but if you look at him just in Disney, right? It's he's doing Jungle Cruise. He did, you know, he's probably, you know, he did, uh, like I said, Lion King. So that those pieces, he's really put up a lot of their tentpole stuff. They, How much they money go to him.
1: How much money do you think he has?
0: Oh, he's got. Like, we'll I know that we bed. were working with him on a a mobile phone commercial maybe ten years ago. We were working on a mobile phone commercial that was going to star Robert Downey Jr. Um, it was right around, uh, you know, Avengers release time. And we had, it was like a one day shoot and he was getting, I think, 10, 15 million just to direct a, a mobile phone commercial. So
1: he might have half a billion dollars in the bank at this point.
0: Oh yeah. At this point, I mean, look at what think the guy, about the ownership, yeah, well, th- what this guy has done is basically he, you know, more than, more than Abrams, more than almost anybody in um, Disney's kind of circle of if you think the big time directors, mm-hmm. he is the guy. They trust him implicitly over almost anybody. They'll put him, they'll let him helm and start any kind of, fran- they they use him as a franchise starter. So while I don't think he, they needed him to do it, I think that he's probably the only person they trust.
1: Listen, and there's something to be said, right? Even though, again, I really don't like it, there is something to be said. It's yet another hit mm-hmm. that Jon Favreau has his hands on that he was a part of creating from the beginning. And that's not nothing.
0: That's not nothing. Plus, they're using this new technology, and that's also a funny thing to think about from the guy who brought you, you know, swing your money, baby, is the guy that's also bringing you the most technically advanced type of, like, production processes available. He's he's the guy that's bringing you the, the he kind of has that first, you know, this, this LED screen stuff that we've been talking about and all this technology. Mm-hmm. He's the man that's been bringing it to you. Right, hmm. it's crazy to think, but this is the guy that that that's on the cutting edge. Him, you know, Cameron has his own crazy things. So, like, whatever happens with Avatar, and you see, the, I don't know if you see these, but we'll I'll put some of these pictures up yeah. of like the underwater stuff that they're doing right now. No, I haven't. I haven't seen. I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I'll get to, We'll get to that later. Then. Okay. Um. But uh, you know, this Favreau's the guy. He's just he's just the man that they they trust with this technology. If they're gonna spend millions of dollars on some crazy or known IP, they want to put it in his hands because they know that he's gonna make a hit
1: okay so here's my next question do you think and I'm sure you know there's probably an answer to this I just don't know do you know if for example the Yoda that George Lucas used in Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi right mm-hmm. in, is that the actual Yoda they're still using or oh. are they remade it are they, are they using a different doll like is it a whole new technology
0: or are they still being OG so what i'll tell you is that the 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 yoda that's in this new mandalorian is not the same yoda because it's not technically yoda right it's the same species as yoda that um george lucas mm-hmm. never gave that species a name um and has only gave them that yoda exists right and then in um episode one there was or maybe it was episode two but i think it was episode one phantom menace they introduced us to a second yoda right not a species mm-hmm. Um, called Yodel, and so that's the fe- was a female Yodel, very similar to what he did with a uh, ET, uh, where there was like female ETs, um, mm-hmm. where it's just really a, a a Yoda in a Miss Piggy wig. <laughs> um, so, um, but that's that was that. So this this new Yoda is a completely new puppet because it's a young version of whatever type of species this is. It's definitely not the real Yoda. What about the
1: old movies though? Not not you know the the ones they just made. I'm saying like you know and and back, oh, and it, the new ones
0: so. Yeah. So, um, those are probably all new puppets. Uh, the, the, the original puppet was used in the second movie and the third movie. And then when they came to make, uh, episode one, they actually did him entirely in CG and then they got, they put the puppet back in for episode two and episode three. Um, but most of that's still CG and even in the new hmm. episode, they still do some puppetry work, but that's not the original puppet that was used back in uh, Empire. It's
1: yeah, a little interesting bit of meta. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, um, I'm interested about this James Cameron thing, though. They've yeah. released underwater. Wait,
0: go ahead. You have a you have a thing. No, no, about. no, no. That's it. <laughs> I I, I want to finish up on this real quick. Yeah, please, just, uh, just to tell you that uh, you know we are definitely in a really interesting place with this show because I do think that um, there there's a lot of fun stuff that can happen if they can just let go of some of the um, the need to kind of mix nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia with new storytelling. The last thing I want this to do is get too connected to the other movies because that's the whole problem with all the other movies. I don't need to see more, uh, more daddy issues with the, uh, with the Skywalker family.
1: Well, isn't that what's interesting about what Oscar Isaac is doing, picking that rando character that didn't even really have his own book or like, you know, like it's like, you're not getting a, you're getting a brand new story.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I, I do like that and I appreciate the uh, moon Knight. I kind of gave it a little bit of a tease yesterday. Moon Knight is just a character that like, very challenging to connect with but you know they did the you know they've done a lot luke cage is not a character anybody knew who it was before they did it jessica jones isn't a character anybody knew who they w- it was before right. um you know uh iron fist you know the only one that anybody probably knew was daredevil and probably they only knew it because of that bad bad, bad ben affleck movie. yeah i knew to avoid it right because of the ben affleck movie yeah you, well you thought to avoid it but you realize this is much a better a much better thing i hope Uh, The Daredevil series? Yeah. No, I couldn't bring myself to watch it because I I just kept seeing Ben Affleck. Oh, really? No, it's so good. Charlie Cox is amazing. You know, if you want to, it's, you know, and I'm going to tell you this right now. While it's still on Netflix, you need to watch Daredevil because- I started it, Jace, but I had problems with it. Before- You go ahead. So, you're probably a different mindset now about how streaming works because back then, you know, we didn't, you know, that's one of those first like streamer- Yes. Shows like this. It's one of the OG ones, right? Right. And and you got to kind of get through a little bit of the acting. It is really good and you know, if you love how the fight scenes in uh, Gangs of London, this will be probably the best fight scenes outside of that show that you'll be watching on television. Really? Yeah, some of the boxing scenes. There's a they ha- each huh. each scene each season features a one-shot like continuous shot fight scene that is expert level like insane level so there's a there's a they, they're hallway okay. fights on most of them but one of them's uh, an entire scene through an entire uh asylum that that goes on for about 20 minutes in the third season that's incredible they, they mm-hmm. have some really really good fight scenes and the, and the um and the villain in that um the, the kingpin uh is is probably one of the best and most fully realized mcu bad guys that's ever existed
1: I mean you kind of sold me, I got to tell you.
0: Yeah, you got to check it out. Charlie Cox does a great job. There's there's that that, that there's that, that first season has a little bit of that tight acting that you kind of expect that stilted acting from like a Netflix show, but now that you're more comfortable with Netflix shows, right. it you you, you can let it go a lot faster than you used to be able to. It is it is truly great. <clears throat> um I wouldn't say that about all of the stuff that came out for the Netflix uh, MCU stuff, but I will say that that whole Daredevil season, the first season, the f- and the fourth season or the final season of that are killer insane all right so oh Lanka. yeah well, well, so now yeah what do you got? i want to show you this oh yeah you got the uh, james
1: Cameron. so we're done with mandalorian yeah okay so let's see this i'm actually gonna put my glasses on for this one
0: so i'm gonna try and i'm trying to make this a little bit bigger for you uh i can't see anything i'm scared let's see if i can bring new this up changing world oops nope, i don't want that um zoom in a little
1: <laughs> so we're looking at
0: we're looking, Kate, at, we're looking at Kate Winslet. That's Kate Winslet. She's Perform- badass. Holy. Performing crap. underwater for the new Avatar 2 movie.
1: She's holding an underwater blue screen really behind her. Almost like a cape with wings. Right. And she's in this full scuba gear that almost looks like it was designed for filming. It's like a blue suit.
0: Yep. It's some sort of yeah, some sort of tracking piece. You can see that she's got some sort of uh, connections on her thighs, some sort of like tracker on her thighs. Weights around her waist. Weights around her waist. There's, uh, there's an air hose in here somewhere or she's, ge- she's being fed air somewhere potentially or, uh, or otherwise. And she's underwater and they're filming this for the show. I mean, come on. She, she said, said that she that learned to hold her breath yeah. and there's a, there's a line here. Winslet learned to hold her breath for over seven minutes in order to film underwater as long as possible
1: she trained herself
0: yeah she did there's the this thing. this guy
1: i know um uh, mason uh, barnes i think his name is uh, mm-hmm. he's a big wave surfer and uh, i actually got to know him a little and i follow him on instagram and he has a thing he does it he's with weights underwater and he's training himself if he gets caught under a wave like mm-hmm. you can really hold your breath for seven minutes huh yeah
0: there's there i mean i've seen wow. some of this training before they did a um a similar thing on a show I was watching to try and get people to be able to hold their breath for a long period of time to emulate like uh, David Blaine or uh, you know a magician. Um, so this is definitely something that can be learned. People practice it, and there's the they have certain kinds of psychology because it's psychology too, right? You need to learn to relax and understand what your body is capable of and um, not stress out and freak out like to hold your breath underwater. Like the average human could hold their breath underwater for at least three minutes without any sort of training or like three minutes without dying anyway. Right. Uh, But you have to, you have to be able to be at peace with your life. (laughs) You know, you have to be at peace in general in order to not freak, right? Your body's, everything in your body is telling you you're going to die. And you have to remember that that's all an illusion because everything's just shooting some, uh, you know, like some sort of shock into your brain saying, hey, protect, 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 protect. But they're not, it's not a real feeling. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a warning sign. And and so that's
1: seen, how- you, this is why someone like Kate Winslet always wins Oscars yep. you know, and always wins awards. It's, it's not just the commitment to the acting. It's a commitment to the craft, the, the entire thing. This is a woman who is in her 50s, FYI, who looks like she's in her 30s, by the way. I mean, she looks Absolutely. amazing. And on top of it, she is, oh, okay, I'm going to now do Avatar. I mean, look at all the things she's done. And, yeah. and, and by the way, she helped make James Cameron. James Cameron was doing all right, but Titanic took him to the next level.
0: Yeah, he was doing all right. He was he was doing all right. He was, probably, but he, he was probably fine. But it was
1: Terminator. Uh, yeah. He was not... That. Titanic was a different thing.
0: Well, I mean, he, it just put him to that... I mean, not just to a next level. That's where he became yes. the ultimate, you know... you know. Spielberg. Because, he became yeah. like
1: Spielberg Plus.
0: Oh, no, yeah. Well, I mean, he just had the biggest movie ever, ever, ever get made. I mean, before this, he had... He was action guy almost solely. So, you, you know, because he had... He had Terminator, but he also had Aliens and he had True Lies. He was this guy that made the big blockbuster action movie. Yeah,
1: but they were this good. It was his full. niche. Yeah, They were like good.
0: And they were good. Best. Yeah. But this is that thing, you're right, where it's like he took it, it took him not just to the next level, it took him above and beyond almost everybody else, as far as, you know, from that box office side. Like the next three movies, the next two movies he made were the right. biggest movies ever.
1: Ever and now this is going to be the biggest. Like everything he makes, just becomes the next thing to beat the last thing he did. Exactly. Um, but if you look at Kate Winslet again, you know she's at this point in her career, and she doesn't have to do any of this. I mean, it's not like she can be more famous. Right. Right. And yet she's still training herself to get into complete Zen shape to hold her breath. Who knows what else she trained herself to do?
0: God, that's a
1: an incredible woman.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely amazing. Okay. So so, uh, but do we have release dates on that? Um, it no. keeps getting pushed um there's right, probably some um avatar 2 release dates that are they should it should be 2022 at this point I don't think that they I think they were shooting for 21 how many did they uh, shoot two he shot two or three back to back um and he's this still guy. shooting them yeah <laughs> this guy I so about money. it was supposed to be um <laughs> ultimately announced for 2020 the 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 avatar 2 um okay. now it's 2022 it's been pushed back to 2022 mmm now,
1: so we at least have to live till twenty twenty five if we want to see all the avatars.
0: Yep, uh, exactly. And they're going to be coming out pretty quick after that. Um, he, you know, and it's it's funny to think because he's really um, been working on Avatar 2 Other than that brief amount of time where he's just going to become like the the sub that. Explores the marinara trench for a while, like where he's just going to become
1: <laughs> James super like,
0: just living, yeah, exactly. Just living his sub underneath the sea, yeah, um, South Park. I'm really, a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm really surprised he didn't become the guy that made love to sweet love to the octopus teacher. Uh, um, there was no sex in that movie, I know. I'm just love to say
1: it, Linda. Tell your son there was no sex in that movie. He doesn't know there's no sex, the it.
0: Either, either, <laughs> no sex in the champagne room either, oh, either, mom. No sex in the
1: champagne room,
0: no sex in the octopus teacher, uh-huh. no sex in the champagne room, wink. Yeah. Uh, well, go on. But, uh, you know, he's been working on this movie. By the time it'll come out, it'll have been 13 years it took him to make this movie the way he wanted to make it. So you got to give him credit. Like, he's willing to, like, really, you know, he's investing in money and time that uh, unprecedented amount for a, a, sh- a movie that, for all, for all intents and purposes, because of the type of movie it was, has been kind of erased from popular culture. People don't remember Avatar in the way that they remember some of these other movies. How is that? Why is that? I think because you know the the character, you know, I think that he didn't. You know, it's one of those things where it was a big movie, but it, you know, you normally have a movie that comes in two or three years after the fact. Um, those, you know, those characters didn't necessarily grab you as like toys. It didn't become a cartoon. It didn't become a serial. It hasn't been overly monetized and franchised. And yeah, it the- was
1: the biggest grossing right of
0: right. Like- Absolutely, but it's it's definitely one that's got you know you got the, you've got a lot of things that came on its trail. You've got all this MCU stuff. You've got a bunch of other things, and and I think that if at a movie had come out three or four years afterwards, we'd see a lot more Navi related uh related stuff out mm-hmm. there. But for our for for the yeah, it just kind of they just they he did he missed that window on I think on purpose. I think he's glad that it's not like that.
1: Right, because it wasn't meant to be that. You know, what is interesting to think about, though, for him, putting 13 years of his life into this and being the all-knowing, all-seeing James Cameron, he didn't see the fucking pandemic, and now he's like, oh, well, people don't have to watch this on their TVs? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a
0: real thought. Right. Well, and if you remember, it wasn't the first 3D movie by any means, but it was the one that brought 3D into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the one that you had to go see um, 3D. It was the one that every theater had at least one version yes. of it out there for doing that. So that's another reason that there's probably a little bit of a a thing missing. This was a a little bit of a, not, it was a, honestly, it was a, I, I saw, I, I worked on a toy line for this show with Mattel. We were building toys for it. So I got to see a lot of pieces of this before it launched. And I watched the the fight scene around the tree um, that happens mm-hmm. about three two thirds through the movie. Um, about a month and a half before the movie came out. And I walked out of the theater, I said, this is gonna be the biggest movie ever. Not seeing any other pieces of it, not seeing the story. You just knew based on what he did that it was gonna be the biggest movie of all time.
1: You watched it in 3D? Yeah,
0: watched it in 3D at the, at, at, uh, uh, at uh, Lightstorm. You knew you uh, saw something that you hadn't seen before. And I'd, I saw a, a level of 3D detail and a level of like CGI that had never been, expressed in that way before and also like some of the animals were sad when they were getting shot and it was like uh, like there was emotion and there was like feeling in like the the cg and i hadn't seen that ever before there's emotion in the plant life yeah exactly and you could feel it you can actually feel when things are getting hurt that it felt like something tangible was getting hurt not like a space rhino it looked like it was a real sad rhino yeah like oh Um, man i'm dead yeah, like that hurt. Oh shit! Did I yeah. get hit? Exactly. And all so right. when you when you see that kind of stuff, you kind of know that it's going to be big. Um, but at the same time, he was very int- You know, he you know putting all that effort into the technology also kind of bites back because he wants to do this this bigger and grander thing. And for all for to be honest, I think the, the the plot line kind of strained. And it was one of those things like the abyss where he forgot how to end it. He kind of ends it on some weird uh, like. He kind of, said, and then the big beast went home, and everyone lived happily under the sun. And it's like, okay, like that's how you really want to end this? You have this big uh-huh. old thing, and then you end it with the, the 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 super big flying dragon. All just, was well in the land. I went home, and Thumbgolly was saved, <laughs> triumphant. <laughs> it felt okay. like the ending to Dance with the Wolves, or or something else. <laughs> They're like, what? What are you doing? Like you 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 can't run out of money here. Little little fun fact. Dances with Wolves beat out Martin Scorsese
1: for good goodfellas. Yeah. same year crazy, the Oscars. Right? no it's not crazy it's 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 illegitimate yep it it is not it is reprehensible it is absolutely a uh, i'm flabbergasted to this day and i'm not saying dances with wolves is a bad movie okay there's my digression it's a now <laughs> good trade stop it's a um, <laughs> i like the movie i'm not saying i don't like the movie but wait going back to avatar is this
0: Avatar, did he, hes not shooting this three D. Um, I'm sure he's gonna. I'm sure that that's not the the gimmick or the thing, and that, that's kind of where we were getting to. It wasn't a gimmick in that movie. They did a good job of making it feel kind of tied to it, and it was the first time you really saw it. Yes. I'm wondering if there's something else in his his bag of tricks Big that's gonna trick. come out <laughs> related to some sort of new uh, viewing technology. You know, that will will yeah. preclude this from being something that's necessarily television straight to television, but also something that would make sense to bring people into the theater. Mm. That's what I kind of like about Cameron. And that's why I, if I was going to, you know, if I was a person that was trying to figure out how to bring theaters back, this would be the movie that I would put it on. Not Tenet. Tenet's too. damn confusing and too all what, over the place. Tenet? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it's that, getting oh. beat up. It's beat. It got beat up by bad grandpas. And, um, I think there's another, the, this new Vince Vaughn movie that just came out. Um, is beating it right now too. Wait, is it out? The yes. freaky thing. Freaky's out. We can talk buy about it? freaky real quick. You want to talk about freaky? Well,
1: yeah, I want to see it. But is it out? I don't understand. I thought it was coming on Amazon or something. Is that a buy movie?
0: It's a buy. I, I, it's a it's a theater movie. Oh, so Do you want to watch the pay hey, let's, let's watch a let's watch a little trailer of Freaky let's so trail? everybody knows what we're talking about. Okay, with Vince phone. twenty dollars, right? Um, I think this. I'm not. We'll have to find out. Hold on one second. Okay.
1: Good morning. Good morning. That's me, Millie. Ordinary, boring Millie. I love your dress. I think I saw it at Discount Comanza. <laughs> okay, so I was never the most popular. Homecoming's this weekend. Booker is gonna be at the dance. And boys never really noticed me. You didn't notice her. Ah! <laughs> wow! Geeky guys are scaring her. Movie? I'd be one of the first ones to get killed. Cute creepy dude in the mask like i said <laughs> <laughs> but actually it turned the director out. of happy death day get killed oh my god why do i sound like that i woke up in the killer's body <laughs> the Brickfield butcher strikes again <laughs> don't wake up you're black. I'm gay. We are so dead. <laughs> it's me. It's Millie. Hill. Hill. Blissfield. High. Feel our glory and our might. Oh my God! God! And not Come only on, is that psycho pray. wearing my body, he's killing it.
0: He's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Who knows how many of our friends he's gonna kill? Are you
1: sure this is safe? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh my god it's a slaughterhouse
0: i have like less than six hours to swap back or i'm gonna be stuck in this body forever hurry up loser i gotta get dump i have to admit it hasn't been all bad i'm sorry <laughs> sir i didn't mean to interrupt i how's that feel i'll make you wish your stupid face was never born oh my god did
1: you just pee yourself yes!
0: oh, what am i wearing i'm actually really liking
1: this for you Great, we're going to get killed by murder oh, Barbie. She didn't die and he took her body? It's Freaky Friday. Okay, because they weren't showing that part. I can't wait to kill you.
0: Huh. you Time to stop this asshole. We're in this together. I want my body
1: back. Come and get it. This is the end her.
0: Look, I know I look like the butcher, but it's Millie. He's crazy. Okay, Booker, can you look at me, please? Booker, dry up, bitch!
1: Booker, help! Booker, will you shut up? Booker.
0: (laughs) So, I was off on the date. I thought it was coming out. This, I thought it came out because we can be seeing a lot of great reviews of it. But it actually looks like it's a couple weeks. But it's coming out in theaters right now. As far as I know, it's not coming out VOD first. It's going to be a theater face. I can't believe not that easy.
1: I can't believe you just made me watch that, thinking I could watch it
0: tonight. <laughs> I know, me too. I, I got <laughs> I was, that it That looks I've so good. Reviews. It's super good. So it's called Freaky. It's definitely a Freaky Friday type movie. Um, a very fun one. Um, did you watch Who's Happy Death? Have you watched Happy Death Day or No? I didn't. I, I'm not a big fan of these movies, but this movie's
1: different. This um, movie looks different. It's 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 first of all, it's got a whole different tone. I mean, Happy Death Day wasn't funny, was it?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I mean. Um, that was, uh, it, I believe, that's Catherine Newton.
1: Is she from something I know?
0: Um, Other than this, uh, Pe- uh, Detective Pikachu um, blockers. Oh. She's in Big Little Lies.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, I don't remember her, mm-hmm. but I feel like why wouldn't I? Was she the daughter?
0: I've never watched Big Little Lies. That's not. I my feel idea. like
1: she was. Um, I feel like she was uh, Reese Witherspoon's older daughter. Mm. Like I feel like that's who she was. I I, I don't know for sure, but uh, she is good and she looks like Amber. Heard a little bit, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, she does. She does. She has uh, definitely that feel. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a. Uh, just so you know, yeah, uh, the, it's in that same vein. Uh, uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death and expe- especially Happy Death Day uh, to you. The second one are comedies too. You would I think you'd like them. They're not. They're not. They're not thrillers so much as they're 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 high huh. concept. Horror comedies. So, Happy I Death like Day and, and Happy De- Happy Death Day is very much Groundhog Day, with uh, <laughs> but if you got at the end of every day you got murdered and woke up had to resolve it.
1: Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> Happy Death Day to you is much more of a like meta style kind of almost time travel movie, uh, where like if it's almost I'm an equivalent this. of of. Uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where it's kind of the same story but a little bit altered so there's a lot of meta stuff in it okay. um, and then Freaky so these the, I I would I would actually if anybody who hasn't gone and seen those movies or watched Happy Death Day or Happy Death Day to You they are fun little comedy like smart you know it, like if Scream is the meta version of the slasher film these are the meta versions of horror comedies uh, These aren't the guys that are directing Scream are, are they? Oh, no, no, no. The guys that are directing Scream are the guys who did uh, Ready or Not.
1: Right, Ready or Not. Okay, so so I have to say that freaky movie to me looks absolutely fantastic. It does. Just the exact kind of movie I want to watch right now.
0: Yeah, you know, and if my, well, you know what my mom always tells me? If what? I'm going to watch a scary movie and I'm going to go to a scary movie or I'm going to drive out somewhere scary late at night, always wear clean underwear. Right? I was just
1: going to ask you about that, actually.
0: Always, always, always wear clean underwear because you don't want to be like, if you're going to get a car accident or you're going to get scared or you're going to potentially have some problems, you need that clean underwear. Not that it'll be clean by the end of it, but always will are clean underwear. So if they find your body, at least they know you're wearing clean underwear.
1: See, here's my thought on that is that with the underwear thing, I always feel like, okay, yeah, maybe make sure you're wearing clean underwear. But if I die or I get into an accident and I, I you know, crap my pants, you know, the thing is always bring a pair oh, of yeah. clean underwear. And if you join me undies membership, you will always have an extra pair to yeah, bring right. with you. So if you have an accident, you can just put on some more micromodal right. like right. it didn't happen.
0: Plus, just bury me in my me onesie if I get murdered by <laughs> Vince Vaughn who swapped a body. It's musical Friday. <laughs> and
1: let me tell you something. Before me undies, before I was, you know, fortunate enough to find me undies in my life, mm-hmm. uh, I was a commando guy. Were you? Yeah, I was a complete commando. I, I, I thought oh. that
0: underwear was useless. No, it keeps, your, it keeps the rough stuff off your buff buff.
1: I didn't understand. It felt like, no, there's no reason to wear underwear. Why do I waste another step getting dressed? And now that I found me undies, I can't
0: even operate
1: without underwear.
0: Oh, you, I, wow. No, I, I can't either. I, I think that, uh, you need first of all, you need them. And second of all, um, I'm going assu- no, to make some big <laughs> assumptions. I'm going to make some assumptions. Huh? Based huh? on a few things that I know, that there's a there's that you don't you don't have a cover on your mushroom tip, like that's just gonna get roughed up by your belt, all your all your jeans. I don't have a cover on my mushroom tip, right? I'm circumcised, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm a Jew. What do you mean? I was circumcised uh, like out of the womb. my problem. I know that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you yeah. got nothing to cover your stuff, and you need something soft there. Otherwise, all the all the cells just go like. I didn't realize. You're gonna have to hit it with a hammer to get it to go. Yeah, I didn't realize or anything, and now. Kickstart that thing. Yeah, it feels very
1: very pampered. <laughs> Listen, I'm always up for a kickstart, but this now feels very, very pampered, and it feels very, very uh, uh, grateful. It's been acting differently.
0: Yeah, that's much that's, more uh, that's appreciative and uh, humble. It doesn't wake
1: you up in the middle of the night? No. Um, so, so me undies, and you know, how do they do it? Sustainable Beachwood Trees. I'm just saying, you know, pulp to yarn. Right. That's well, all. Sustainable micromodal, So go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say, go to uh, go to MeUndies.com and use the offer code stuck fifteen percent off. That's uh, you know that is uh, uh meundies.com. Meundies.com. offer code, offer code stuck. stuck. Offer code stuck. <laughs> like Jesus my Smith, brain is sometimes. Gentlemen. Sometimes I have a, a, a Joe Biden moment. <laughs> uh,
1: See, I don't know what that means, but I guess he's a guy who forgets stuff.
0: No, he, they just they make it up like he does, but he's really really smart. That's why everybody like makes everything of,
1: right? up in politics. Yeah, it's a whole like field of uh, of elementary school. <laughs> the
0: Beth- Did Pharma. you
1: hear what that person? Anyway, let's move on. Uh,
0: MeUndies.com,
1: offer code STUCK.
0: We are in that second half. I wanted to see if there's any content specifically you wanted to get into today. I got a couple of things. Have you watched
1: either, either, the new episode of Gangs of London? I or, have. Or? Or the, see, I, I think it's the season finale of Tehran.
0: Let's talk about Tehran. I want to I wanna hear from you. I have not gotten all the way through, but I do want to talk about it with you because it's been a little bit. Okay. So tell me what's going on. In the, we have only really kind of touched on Tehran here with talking about uh, the show, but mm-hmm. I think for most everybody, they're not really sure what this show is. So um, as far as like the plot lines, we didn't get it. We didn't dig super deep. So uh, for the audience, um, I'd love just kind of give them an overview of what Tehran is. Okay.
1: So imagine if a female hacker agent was dropped, you know, let's say it was, you know, forget about where it is, right? Imagine if an American CIA hacker, female, was who is not a trained field agent, was dropped into the middle of Tehran to go hack the, um, she had to get inside a power plant to hack a military radar installation so the Israelis could stop Iran from nuclear war, except we're stopping them. Now imagine it's an Israeli. And yeah. there's an Israeli who's dropped into Tehran. And if you're an Israeli in Tehran at all, you're arrested immediately. You go right to jail. You're not allowed to be there. That's the crazy rule in Tehran. And now you have this Mossad agent who is not a field agent. She's dropped in there to do this mission. And obviously things keep going wrong. I mean, this is as good if not better than the first season of Homeland for me. It's yeah. And one of the guys, Sean uh, Tobe, is the guy who is from Homeland, uh, who was excellent in Homeland as well. He had a lot of scenes with Manny
0: Patel. Yeah, and he plays... He plays the Iranian yeah, correct? he
1: plays the iranian uh, arm, uh, I think it's the national guard what do they call the uh, armed guard something Mossab and it's not Mossad; it's the Iranian side, and he plays the guy going against, trying to find her, and uh, you know. Uh, so this is a cat and mouse espionage. It's also relations, and and it's it, what's, what's really beautiful about the show is when we had Daniel Sirkin on and we were talking about it is that it's, it it really is showing both sides. It's not you'd think it's Israelis that created this and made it. So oh, it's going to be anti-Iran and anti-Tehran, and it's it's really not it's showing both sides of the coin it's showing what the israelis are doing to iran what iran is doing to the israelis and how this country is
0: divided on both sides in both countries so go on um, is it the revolutionary guard yes thank you there's no problem thank no you no problem revolutionary guard
1: so this is a taut action espionage spy thriller and it is female fronted and uh, it is a lot of twists and turns. And now, and we're doing spoilers, so I'll just say spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, blah blah blah. Um, but in this, well, I don't want to ruin it for you, Jace.
0: No, it's okay. I will. I'll get to it. and I'm okay. I want to. I want to get everybody else on board too. Yeah. So, so in this, here's now, a, here's a trick. I want to give everybody a trick of Jason. Yeah, go. I forget things very fast. Remember when I forgot what it what that we needed to go to MeUndies.com, offer code stuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could tell me anything, and I'll forget. It's okay.
1: Okay, so I believe while I'm telling this, uh, we do me a favor, Jason, uh, check if it is the season finale, because it felt like it. Um, so, so what we find out now is that there's a female Mossad agent who's the uh, oversee agent for uh, Niv Sultan, who is the lead, and, you know, there's a mole, there's a problem, there's a lead, and at the end we find out it is the head of the Revolutionary Guard. Working with this Mossad agent who's one under the head. And she was plotting against the Israelis to get these p- pilots killed. And we yeah. didn't know who the leak was until the very end. So
0: and guess out. what?
1: Yeah. The mission doesn't happen. That's the kind of beautiful thing. She does not succeed. And we may have lost a pilot who had to bail out and eject. Yeah. Israeli pilot. So, so like, they set up a couple of... So, uh, that's why I'm interested if it's a season finale.
0: It is the season finale. So, this yeah. is episode eight.
1: Yeah, felt it. And 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 it was not your, and this is what I love about international shows. America has a certain way things have to end, right? Mm-hmm. And it would be very rare, like you'd have to finish the mission for the season. And like Carrie Matheson would have to, you know, she'd have to succeed, but then there would be little failures. Right. This is well, it was exactly one- what
0: happened in Homeland, right? It took, there eventually was something that happened in season, the end of season two, early season three, but it took, you know, it took her succeeding twice, and them having to push a third kind of you know yes point. right.
1: And in this, it's a much more international, you know a Middle Eastern European uh, point of view, which is that things don't always work out, man, mm-hmm. as we're seeing, very, very blatantly in life. And, and in this case, it's a big fail, a lot of bodies, a lot of innocence, you know, uh, a lot of people on both sides. And, and you know what? She screwed up. And it's very gray, by the way, as to even how the mole went down, and the fact that this woman ended up where she ended up, the one who was the mole, and how are they going to explain any of this going back? Because there's no real proof. So it's been a very interesting setup for a very, you know, it wasn't very ungratifying payoff, which to me is very
0: gratifying. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. You know, that makes they, a lot of sense.
1: They went deeper. Like, they really went there. And they say, you know what, they, people don't, most of the time, probably, people don't you know, succeed in these high risk, covert,
0: missions. Nope, and and I think it just makes for a better story and a stronger second season um yep. which when that comes out. And indeed. And what I also liked is
1: they, you know, uh Sean took Niv's uh, uh father hostage because uh, the Israelis, the Mossad took Sean wife hostage. So he's like, oh, you want to take a civilian? I'll take a civilian. But what they didn't do, which again, we talk about, they didn't last for like three episodes with the father and the father's going to be killed. It was like an episode by the end. Of the, the next episode, the father was released and he wasn't killed. But it was really, like,
0: was he? You know, and then they didn't linger on it forever. I, I enjoy that. Me too. I, I think that, like this, but this is another, like you said, it's really great not just watching international shows, but watching international shows by international directors and 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 having them still like but but be big you know kind of be big productions it's nice to watch these things because it's you don't all the all the tropes that you see in u.s based stuff isn't there so you get to kind of see these directions that you'd never see a u.s based show go yeah and it's like
1: you know when we had daniel on and uh you know he told us that they shot in athens for it but mm-hmm. it really does look like Tehran. Everything else CGI. They CGI'd the mountain. He said, and you know,
0: I, I just feel like. Did you uh, you yeah, know? Go ahead. Just a quick step away because I, um, you know, did you watch the making of Schitt's Creek documentary? Yes, I did. Did you notice that they blue screen in the outside on that too? Yeah like they're not in a they the the hotel like like they're shooting in Canada somewhere but the outside is just a blue screen like when every time they open that door it's not there's nothing out there I that's know. just a blue screen room so it's like did you like the idea of being on location <laughs> is so funny like even when you're in a fucking hotel you're in a sound stage uh, <laughs> right? Because it just gives you more to work with. You have,
1: right. you know, you just have options that way. Yep. And especially if you're on a lower budget, you know. I don't think they had the biggest budget on shit. Well,
0: but you don't need it, right? Like nobody yeah. noticed that like they're not walking no in from the outside. And the same thing with this. You okay. can put, you know, Athens was probably a great fill in like just like Long Beach plays Florida so much. Like Long Beach is Miami, right? <laughs> and in every movie or, and every TV show in Dexter to uh to anything on CSI, Long Beach is Miami.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great when you can find these things. And, you know, we have desert things that that sub for uh, Iraq.
0: All the time, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, and Afghanistan. So, um, overall, if you haven't watched it, it, it's a really great show. And if you're watching it, I have to say that it was a very uh, ungratifying and satisfying ending, you know, because it was ungratifying.
0: Right. Well, you know, that's what Apple's doing to me. Ted Lasso gets fucking sent down and... Yeah, right, exactly. Thanks Everybody's failing on Apple TVs, but I'm still feeling excited for them. I, I agree.
1: I agree. So, yes, watch that. And then we could talk about the real, new. Go, go, go.
0: Real quick before you get to that, I wanted to bring up one other uh, piece of news that I forgot to talk about, but this has up. to do with one of our very, very favorite Starburns audio hosts. Uh hosts a show called We're No Doctors. And, uh, and, uh, uh, his name is Steve Agee. Steve Agee mm-hmm. is one of the funniest guys out there. You've probably seen him do a ton of different cameos and shows from new girl to, um, to uh, uh, what's Stuckin the uh, Oh, good home. Also he did, he was in the Sarah Silverman show. He was a main character in that, but he got on James Gun- and he was also in guardians of the galaxy as a, as one of the bad guys. And he was in, now he's in um, the suicide squad movie as King shark. Well, there is the a there is a spinoff of the Guardians of the Galaxy that's going to come out on HBO Max, starring John Cena's character from uh, the Suicide Squad. So last night, um, and I forwarded this up to a bunch of people who thought uh, wrong, but you'll understand why uh-huh. when I tell you this. It's uh, he, uh, that Stevie Stevie Ag has been picked up as a regular as a as a co star in that new uh, John Cena Suicide Squad spinoff. That's amazing. Um, so it's which is great, except when you send that send that uh, news article around to everybody, and all mm. it said is suicide. Steve Agee's picture uh, uh, with no, no reference of it, and people oh. think that I just sent out a note to a bunch of people that Steve Agee killed himself. Oh my uh, god! Which, which That's I got terrible because be people laughing. just glass. You know, no, it is, but I, they just glanced at it and they're like, "Oh shit!" And then they realize, and then I got messages back because like, I sent it out at midnight, and they're like, "Oh, never mind." I was like, "Hey, next time I promise not to send you anything with the word suicide, suicide. after yeah. midnight." I mean, by the way, though, that is amazing news. It's great news. How great for Steve. Steve is a, he's, the, the, he's one of the most deserving people I know. He's a very funny man, and that they, they loved his character enough. And that James Gunn kind of fell in love with him to uh, include awesome. him after uh, Guardians and to bring him on for this is just incredible. I'm so excited for him.
1: I mean, it really is a beautiful thing. And, and he's a really sweet, sweet person. So, you know, it's like, it's nice once in a while when someone really, you know, great, gets something Deserving.
0: really great.
1: 100%. Well, that's a nice piece of news, especially because it's related to the family, so I like that.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Congratulations, I didn't wanna... Steve. Yeah, congratulations, Steve. I, I'm very excited for that one. All right, do you want to talk some gangs of London? I mean, yeah. I,
1: so this is, uh, how many do we have? Do we have 10 or do we have eight? Again, you'll we'll look at, that up while yeah, I
0: talk. I, well, I'll, I'll look that up while we talk.
1: Okay, because I don't know if this is the penultimate episode, but I will say this. I liked the episode. I thought, listen, I thought it was the worst episode of the season. Mm -hmm. Okay, but that is relative to the other episodes, which I thought were sort of next-level TV.
0: Right. So, and this show is technically nine episodes, but we'll probably get 10 because that first one was actually episode one, part one and two. So, oh, wait, I guess it's eight. It says eight. uh, Well, no, it says nine. It says nine. All right. So
1: that means we have two more? Two more. Why I asked is because this felt like that penultimate episode where, you know, you're getting more slow burn, a little more exposition than I want. And it it was a very um, uh, female-oriented drive in the show, which I liked, right? like it, it, It had a lot to do with the mom's psychology and, you know, some reveals from what happened in childhood and how, you know, she fucked up her kids. Uh, so on, and, you know, real dark stuff, but it's all taking place during the torture of this agent that they captured during the assassination attempt on their lives at their house. Right. So you have uh, the mom who is like this, you know, she turned into this CIA uh, expert uh, uh, torturer, you know, like Jason Clark in uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Right. You know, like well, all of a sudden this woman who was raised on the east end knows how to like pull fingernails with the thing. She knows about stress positions. She knows about like playing the same song over and over. These are right. all CIA tactics, by the way.
0: Right. Well, you you know, you you could kind of tell through this entire season that she's a lot darker and there's a lot more behind her. She's never been one to be she didn't offer any restraint through this entire process. She's always been the one that wanted revenge, right? She's pushed her son towards the revenge, even though Maybe you, he, you can kind of tell that she's always been the one pulling the strings, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, they've, they, well, and, and they make it look like it's him, but in reality, you look at every single piece, it's him being pulled to do these, to kind of break bad. Like even, you know, you look back in episode two, yep. you know, when he's just shooting the guy that's buried and it's like, he's being forced to do it. He doesn't want to kill anybody. He's, he's tentative, but He, but he wants to fill his father's shoes. But it's his mom that's like, yeah, like everybody goes, like talk some sense into him. She's like, nah, let's do this. She is the person. She's always been the person.
1: That guy they buried up to the neck that came up, you know, and the secret comes out that it wasn't this big bad gangster that deserved it, right? You know, it was actually a guy who hit on the mom at a bar. That's all he did, and she told the husband and had the husband do that. So what we found out is that even the dad was not the guy maybe pushing it. It was always the mom. But here's the thing. I like all that. What I don't like is this, like, all of a sudden she's Jason Clark from right. Zero Dark Thirty. Like, listen, I don't. I, I know, you know, I grew up with a lot of gangsters, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, this is not something, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden you become a special uh, agent terrorist, uh, you know, uh, interrogator. It, it, it's not like that. You're either a psychopath, and you do psychopathic things, mm-hmm. right? Or you're a trained psychopath, right? I mean, and, and regular psychopaths are not disciplined, right? They're not disciplined enough that they're going to pull off every fingernail. And let me tell you something, Jason. Have you ever tried to pull off a fingernail with a pair of pliers? It's not easy.
0: Um, no, I have never tried to pull off a. No,
1: ah, I did it to myself because I couldn't bear this finger anymore. You see that? Ooh, On that right there.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So, Javasynage. This kid I went to junior high with when I thought as a Jew I could play football. I got in the middle of a blocking thing, and my finger went in between his helmet and 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 someone else's helmet.
0: And it, and a, it was just like all It's a yarn. <laughs> <Pulp> oh, <to yarn.
1: laughs> But if you're not seeing my finger, and you're only listening to this, you're actually lucky. Yeah. Um, it, it's the curse finger. So it really works out in my favor, but it was like one of those things where it's like, it had to come off the doctor. Mm -hmm. You you knew it was coming off and a new nail had to grow back. Mm -hmm. And the hanging nail was too painful. So I was like, Oh, I can do this. I can pull it. off." no, No. I cannot do this. I'm going to the doctor. (laughs) Right. So I'm just saying, and I'm not normal. So, you know, it's not this easy peasy thing. So, so again, it's just one of these things where I understand it's a heightened reality. Mm hmm. This got a little a little wonky for me.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I think that there's always something weird when the you know, when you finally when the, the when the show decides to re- reveal their true villain and it's been somebody that's been really calm and cool for the whole time, and then like all of a sudden it's like and a completely different character comes out of them. Like they've been foreshadowing this for a while. Like I've seen this coming. Yeah. But at the same time, it's always a little bit like, come on, you 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 this is this is a writer's room twist that happened, you know, four episodes after the fact, not not now, right? And and that's those kind of things will feel that way. Like, all, oh yeah, all of a sudden she's her behavior is completely different. She's capable of things that she, they never indicated she was capable of before. Yes,
1: and here's the other thing I'll say too. And I I don't know if this is a director thing because here's what I feel. I feel like Gareth Evans and even that guy Corin Hardy whose other stuff I can't stand and I loved in this who felt very consistent with tone, right? So when he took over the episodes from Gareth Evans directing, it was seamless to me. I I couldn't even tell Gareth Evans wasn't directing. And I had that conversation, I think, with Alex Albin about this.
0: Yeah, but this is Xavier Jens. Xavier Jens, this third person that's directing these episodes that you're talking about? Is that who directed this last episode? Yeah, because it was Gareth and then Gareth who directed the first one, Corn directed the next three, Gareth did 5, and then 6, 7, and 8 are all Xavier Jens. Yes, Xavier.
1: This director is not good.
0: Yeah, this is the guy. Uh,
1: or this director has it, there's an issue with this director, and I will say something else. I will guarantee you that Gareth didn't write this episode. Cuz the writing was off. Nope, the writing on not. the characters and and the, even the jokes. Like they played this joke it, I don't want to say a joke, it's a trope. This, this trope twice where, you know, like, tell me something bad about my dad. Right. Go ahead.
0: What? Your just dad, say something bad about my dad. Whatever, uh, I don't care. Oh, yeah, your dad has a, a boogery nose. <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> I love you. Right, yeah, right. They did that, like, twice. Right.
1: Like, it's like, okay, you're just relying on this lazy nonsense. And you can hear, you can hear that the characters, and even the acting was more awkward. Right. Again, this is still a top-level show. Do not get it twisted. But when you get meta like this and you watch as much as I do and you do, these are the things that really stand out to me. And I can tell. I didn't even know it was a different director. Now, did we find out if
0: it was Gareth that wrote that? No, Gareth didn't write that one. Um, Gareth actually hasn't written one. He wrote on number one and number five. This was uh, seven is Peter Barry and then eight is Carl Jews and Peter Barry. So this was a Peter Barry one who also direct, uh, wrote uh, number three, but you got to remember these are writer room things. So it's probably the same as writer's room. This is just a head writer on that. So there's probably a group of people still with them being kind of the top level person.
1: Yeah. Well, it feels like uh, the writer, whoever, you know, his name, Peter, mm-hmm. it didn't work for me at all. And the director didn't work for me. I mean, It's still a good episode. It's still a perfectly um, usable episode, and there's some really cool stuff. They play "Only You" by The Platters, I think. Mm -hmm. Only you can make the world go round. Yeah, yeah, that song. But anyway, they they keep playing it over and over. Is that like because you know the CIA uh, uh, torture technique is they'll stick you in a room, right? Mm -hmm. And the room will be freezing cold, like all air conditioning, and they'll tie you in a stress position like it's a a, you know a stressor so it's a very hard position to stay in and you have to stay in it because you're chained to it and then they have a wall of lights Right, that they'll that they'll blast on, and at the same time they turn on Justin Bieber or Britney Spears one song, like uh, "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time," and they play it for sixty, eighty hours straight, never stops, and they're blasting it. They have a wall of speakers, a wall of lights. They keep turning the fluorescent lights on, blasting them in your face, and every half hour they come in and they splash water on you, cold, ice cold water. Oh, and you're naked.
0: So again, and when some you're people have taking- to pay thousands of dollars for that kind of treatment. Some people get it for free. <laughs> good one, Jace. But <laughs> when
1: here is what I'm saying, right? In every other episode we had of this show, there was an aha moment. There was that moment where, you know, it's the long shot in the, you know, and just the fight in the bar and the pilot. It's that long shot of the chase afterwards. I mean, there's, oh, it, it's the, um, it's the killing of the, uh, the slaughter of the gypsies at the, at you know, the trailer the Pikey, uh, Piker. Yep. Yeah. And this is, all felt like old tropes. You're using old stuff. We've seen this song being played before. We've seen all these things before. And you know, you torturing this person to find out who put the hit out on you. It just it, it downstairs in the basement of the. It was just all over the place to me. And again, I still say it in the sense of it. It's a great show.
0: Yeah. So. No, I, I mean it's okay. I think that there's there's always room for these shows to have better. But you know, it's 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 something to be said for a show like this that. Every episode can be so good that you know that that one that just doesn't quite hit. You know, it's not going to quite hit, and that's the that's the danger of doing good shit, right? I, Dylan, yes. Dylan Riley. So he he he, this guy right here. I'm going to give you a little story about Dylan before we go. Mm-hmm. Dylan, right. Dylan's a writer like you've never seen. He's a he's an amazing. You know, you probably have seen because you're Cliff Dorfman, writer extraordinaire. But Dylan has been a great writer since we were kids. And um, one day in uh, in history class. He got called in afterwards and said, um, because we, he basically our teacher came in and accused, uh, said somebody in this room plagiarized their, uh, their, their paper, and I know it was I know it was uh, I know it was one of you. There's no way somebody's writing like this, and it was Dylan that they accused. Dylan's like, no, I didn't. I wrote that because he really good writer and a really good researcher in this kind of stuff. Right. And so from then on, the way he had to prove it was by writing every paper to that level, right? He if he if he did, they basically told him if you're not writing to this level then I think you're cheating, so he had for the rest of the year had to write to that that level and that's the same thing with these kind of shows once you hit it at a certain level you, you're not nobody's going to take good you don't get to have a B once you've you've written three A's in a row you know what I mean yeah the difference is at school where you're an actual teacher and these are <laughs> child's children you go like with- hey. <laughs> No, but if, no, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah, okay. He seems like a nice
0: guy. No, no but, but it's it, it's more of a story about that. Like he just had to, right. you know, no, it's it's once you're expected to perform, yes. you got to be expected to perform. And and with shows like this, you, once you hit a level, you got to be able to hit that level every time.
1: Yeah, and I think also it's it's there is a noticeable difference, right? They're not Gareth Evans, and they're not, you know, you're just not going to get. And listen, Corin Hardy, obviously, I didn't see it in his other two crappy pieces of shit things he made, mm-hmm. but he has it in him. You He's know, very capable. Yeah, very capable filmmaker. You know, he's not one of the greats, but he's a guy who
0: like I have to take a second look at. That, some I mean of those not his fight movies. scenes man. I mean and I know Gareth's doing a lot of direction on those fight scenes, but come on, that scene in the um in the oh, that scene, um what is it, episode four or five in the bathroom, like uh, of the abandoned building.
1: With the axe? Yeah. With the hatchet. It wasn't an axe.
0: It was yeah. a hatchet. Yeah, that was naked insane. hatchet naked yeah. hatchet
1: with that pikey. It was yeah. It was it was really something. I mean, again, okay, so we're done, aren't we? This we're is what done. happens. I wasn't done talking. <laughs> You're never done talking. But that's not a wrong, that's not <laughs> an incorrect statement. Okay, so have a great weekend. We will be back next week with all new episodes. So stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith.
0: Cliff Dorfman, happy Halloween, everybody.
1: Happy Halloween. To